What's up guys and welcome to a special Fallen Order Q&A. I took 20 questions from my Patreon and from YouTube comments and I'm just going to do my best to run through and answer all of them. There will be spoilers ahead for the game's story, so this is your warning. Tyler Shepard, Mr. JD Rice, Hawk Likes Things, Nightwolf, and just about everyone online asked me if I think Imperial Mining on Ilum confirms that Starkiller Base and Ilum are the same planet. Yes, I do think that. I've been on that theory for a long time since someone on Reddit pointed it out after The Force Awakens came out. Uh, there's been evidence that has slowly grown more and more that Ilum and Starkiller Base are the same planet. And yes, uh, this just visually confirms that for me. I mean, no one has explicitly said that, but they look identical at this point. There's too much evidence. I'm going to do a video on this in the future uh, for the third time, I guess, and it'll just hopefully lay this whole thing to rest. I would say with 99% certainty that they're the same planet, and I don't know if Lucasfilm is ever going to outright say that. I think they're just going to keep doing stuff like this, which to me is kind of fun. Like, we all know that they're the same. They have the same diameter. They were at the same point in the galaxy. Uh, they look identical now with that, like, chunk taken out of the equator. They're the same planet, but it just hasn't been 100% definitively said by anyone at Lucasfilm. Patrick Ferreira wants to know if I think Cal had a discernible character arc. Yes, absolutely. I really loved Cal as a character, and at the start of the story, you see that he is in hiding, he has got survivor's guilt, he is afraid to be who he wants to be, he is afraid to go out and explore the galaxy, he has been stuck on Bracca for five years just hiding and not being himself, and he's alone. He has one friend who's like, you should go out and you should see the galaxy. Don't be afraid. Why are you spending your time here? By the end of the game, he is surrounded by this new family that he has created with Seer and Grease and Marin and BD1, and the last line of the game is, where to next? Like, what are we going to do? He's not in hiding anymore. He is a Jedi. He is being who he is supposed to be. Uh, he has gotten past all of the guilt he feels about his master's death. Uh, yeah, I, I really loved his arc, that now he is exactly what he he's doing what he's supposed to be doing now and uh, I found that to be really moving especially with this found family uh, I'm a big fan of that idea whenever it pops up in storytelling so yes from hiding and alone to uh, surrounded by family and excited for the future uh, I think that's a discernible character arc Blackout 501st wants to know what moments made me go, oh, snap, because I said that there were a lot of those in my review. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is the second sister's reveal of who she is, uh, Trilla, Seer's former Padawan. That, for me, was when the story went from like, I'm enjoying this to, oh, this just got good. And that's about halfway through the game. And then the second half of the game is just nonstop, I feel like. Order 66 on Dathomir, kind of, like that's where you get that vision, that flashback. Uh, that was probably my favorite part of the game. Uh, from walking out of your quarters to like high-fiving a clone and having a good chat and just being like, oh no, things are about to go bad. Like you just know it. Uh, and all of it was very emotional with music from Revenge of the Sith and just seeing that last moment between Cal and his master. 
that that was crazy emotional. After that, uh, getting to know Marin a little bit more and seeing everything she went through, which actually <laughs> before that was when like all the Night Sisters come out and attack uh, Cal and I can't remember the other guys Talos. So that part was really cool. But when Marin kind of gets on your side and you you get the MacGuffin. I need to like brush up on all of these terms and names because it's still fairly new to me, but I'm still so excited about it. When he gets the thing that he needs to unlock the vault and Marin's like, I'm happy for you, but my sisters can't ever come back. I was like, come with us, come with us. I was just muttering that to myself and she's like, I'll come with you. And I like, yes, I loved that moment. Uh, then knowing that you're going to go to Ilum, uh, which I guess that happened before. See, it's all just running together. It was just moment after moment. But yeah, all the Ilum stuff, and then the crystal breaking, and Cal's breakdown, and then you build the double-bladed lightsaber, which you already had, but like you get this new ability, and just they play the most heroic music while you go out and like slaughter Imperials, which you know isn't very Jedi-like, but video game flexibility. I'm cool with it. I was having fun. Um, so Marin joining the party, and then... Uh, going to the fortress Inquisitorius was just insanely cool. Uh, and then hinting that it's near Mustafar. They still haven't said that, but I'm pretty sure. Like, come on. What else is that lava planet going to be? And then, of course, the end. I mean, everything with Vader. I loved that Trilla came back to the light and then unfortunately got cut down. I loved her character. And then running from Vader is so cool. So I was worried that they were going to like have us fight and it be... Uh, a little too close. I'm glad that it was just Vader dominates everybody and all you can do is run. So they handled all that very well. I'm sure there were more moments, but those are the ones that are popping out in my head right now. Jacob Hinkle wants to know if Nur is in the Mustafar system and how I came to that conclusion. So I just mentioned it, but also I think I talked about that in my story review. And again, I can't say that with 100% certainty. No one else has mentioned that, but come on, like, you put that lava planet in the same shot as the Fortress Inquisitorius, that has to be Mustafar. And it would make sense that Vader would want to keep his Inquisitors close, and then once there is an assault on Fortress Inquisitorius, Vader shows up, so he couldn't have been far away. He probably got a little Bluetooth call in his helmet, and he's like, I'll be right there, <laughs> and he shows up. So uh, I can't imagine why they would show a lava moon uh, if that weren't the case. Corey P. asks if Lucasfilm's storytelling surrounding tombs and relics has all been building to Fallen Order. Uh, there have been a lot of that. I mean, we've got, like I mentioned, Vader Immortal, uh, the Secrets of the Empire VR experience, Dr. Afra. There has been a lot of tomb raiding lately. Uh, I don't know that it was to build towards Fallen Order specifically. I have heard that, I mean, other stories have pointed out that Kylo Ren is after relics as well, uh, leading into the rise of Skywalker. So he is hunting down Sith relics in Star Wars Resistance and in Black Spire and in the Galaxy's Edge comic. He's after his own relics. So I think that that's probably all of this relic storytelling is more likely building towards the rise of Skywalker, or it's just a big coincidence uh, but Fallen Order could be more of that just idea that there are all these relics out there and they're important and they have power. I mean, I, I think there was even storytelling before the Rise of Skywalker that suggested Kylo Ren has an interest and 
I think that the short story Perfect Weapon is about how he obtained Darth Vader's helmet. Again, that's not confirmed. They're playing all this stuff very close to the chest, but I kind of think all of this tomb raiding is more connected with the rise of Skywalker and maybe a longstanding plan than it has to do with Fallen Order specifically. Zach Allred, Tar Vizsla, and Jose Bershowitz want to know if the Ninth Sister could have survived her fight with Cal. Uh, I kind of hope so. I like the idea that she keeps getting almost killed, and every time she shows up again, uh, she's got a new prosthetic, a new cybernetic limb. Uh, she's already lost an eye, I think two legs and an arm now. Uh, I can't remember what damage she took in the Darth Vader comic, like when she first met Darth Vader, because he just like cut off everyone's arms for the fun of it. So yeah, I think that there was no body. She fell off of the origin tree, but she did have her Inquisitor lightsaber, which can double as a helicopter. So I kind of want to assume that she's alive and not dead. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing her pop up in future stories. And I just think it would be funny if she just kept almost dying, but not quite. And eventually she's going to be fully like General Grievous Cyborg. Like, somebody please end this for me. Jao Francisco Baldavia do Prado asks if Malikos bled his own lightsabers. That's his name, Malikos. Uh, yeah, I have to imagine that he did. He was a former Jedi. Uh, sometimes I think this just goes with flexibility and storytelling that he has red lightsabers because he's a darksider now. And yeah, I guess that he probably knew what bleeding a crystal was, but he had to have red so that you knew he was an enemy. I guess he doesn't have to, because, like, Darth Vader fights with a blue crystal in uh, Revenge of the Sith. So I get it, but I think they were just trying to drive home. This guy's bad now. And, yes, I can assume he bled his crystal, but it's not an important part of the story. The important thing was for people who probably haven't read the comics, but are playing this game to know that, yeah, this is a fallen Jedi. He's not a Sith, but, you know, he's evil. Mandy wants to know what Seer is considered now, a fallen Jedi, a Darksider, or something else. I think she's just a person. I mean, I wouldn't call her fallen. I think that she is not a Jedi in the same way that Ahsoka is not, that uh, Ahsoka left the Order. I think that Seer basically has done the same, but more because she doesn't trust herself, and we do see that the first time she touches the Force in the game, it's the dark side but Cal pulls her back into the light. And I, I mean, that's why she's just a human. <laughs> she's just a person who is constantly dealing with this pull between both sides. Everyone has good and bad urges throughout their day, their week, their month, whatever. And, you know, you have to stand up and make the right choice. So Seer is just a human. I don't know that I would classify her as a fallen Jedi or even a former Jedi. I don't know. I definitely wouldn't call her a Darksider. I would just call her a normal human being trying to do her best. Sam McDonald asks what I think the biggest missed opportunity in the game was, and I gotta go with Maul on Dathomir. It seems like at that point in the timeline he would be on the planet, maybe starting to build up Crimson Dawn. We don't know for sure. He could have been elsewhere, but... We do know that he had a headquarters there. It would have been cool to even just see some hint 
of his existence. Even if we didn't see him personally have Marin talk about him or find a little uh, force echo that mentions this night brother. I don't know. It seems like something that could have been cool even if you didn't outright do it. Uh, but it also could have been something that's like, well, now we're upstaging Marin, and she was the story on Dathomir. So I don't know. I still think it would have been cool. Lonely Dogfish and the Bleaker want to know if Maul and Malikos ever met. And again, we don't know if Maul was on Dathomir at this point in time or not, but I'm going to guess that they never met because I can't see Maul just letting that happen. Letting some fallen Jedi come to Dathomir and then control the Knight Brothers. Uh, I think Maul would be like, uh-uh, this is my planet, they're my Knight Brothers, and I'm going to kill you. Like, I think Maul would have killed Malakos if he knew he existed, so... Maybe that's the answer that Maul hadn't made his way back to Dathomir yet, or maybe his base was on the other side of the planet, and he just hadn't caught word of this fallen Jedi yet. After seeing the transformation of Trilla and some dialogue from the Ninth Sister, Matthew Grabowski asks if any Inquisitor became one willingly. I kind of think that uh, Trilla was a special case. Most of the Inquisitors that we've seen were there from the start. Uh, the Grand Inquisitor especially sounds like he was dark side before Order 66 even happened. In an interview I did with Henry Gilroy a year, a little over a year ago, he talked about how, and this never happened in the story, but in his mind, and Henry Gilroy wrote for the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, but in his mind they had talked about how the Grand Inquisitor probably betrayed the Jedi Temple Guard, and that's why they're not around in Revenge of the Sith. Once Anakin's attack started... If, where were the Temple Guard? Probably all dead at the Grand Inquisitor's hand. Uh, Prosset Dibs was the 10th brother, and he had already pretty much fallen. I think most of the Inquisitors were, like, on a list from Palpatine, and he was like, they're on my side, they're on my side, so they knew. Uh, it is interesting that the second sister came in after the fact. Uh, she wasn't around at the start. Like, we see this big group of Inquisitors in the Darth Vader comic, and most of them are there, uh, but the second sister is not. So, I don't know. Maybe her power was just greater, and we still don't even know if the that's a ranking system or not. I kind of assume it is, but maybe naming her the second sister was kind of like a jab at everyone else. Like, she came in late, but we're ranking her higher than you just to feed off that jealousy and stuff. I don't know. But I do think that most Inquisitors probably fell to the dark side and joined up willingly. Uh, that's just the sense I get. But I don't know that they knew exactly what they were signing up for. Like, the Ninth Sister talks about uh, when you've lost an arm, uh, or when you've lost everything, an arm is nothing. And that's a lesson we see Darth Vader uh, teach them in the Darth Vader comic. I don't know that she was tortured, the Ninth Sister, but she does say she was broken. So, I don't know. I, I think that initially all the Inquisitors were like, yes, I would like to sign up to be in the Inquisitorius, please. And then things were a lot rougher than they thought they would be, but like, they're already there. What else are they going to do? Taylor Lynn wants to know what Eno Cordova's fate was after leaving BD-1 on Bogano. I think the most simple solution is that he died during Order 66 or shortly after. 
I don't see him still being alive. There's plenty of room for that if they want to maybe continue chasing Cordova throughout the galaxy in the sequel or something. Uh, but in my mind, he probably was like, I've done everything I can. I've hidden this holocron away. Like, it sounds like he knew disaster was looming for the Jedi, but I don't know that he was really trying to stop it. I think he'd probably accepted it, and he was like, I've secured a hope for future generations, and now I'm going to go back and accept my fate. Brendan Bozarth asks if all of the new saber colors in the game are canon, and if so, why haven't we seen them before? Uh, yeah, I would assume that they all are. Uh, part of it, again, is just like flexibility in this type of medium. You want to be able to customize your lightsaber. You want to be able to choose your color. Uh, so yeah, I think they're all canon. We have seen orange before in the first Darth Vader comic by Kieran Gillen. Yellow's used by Temple Guards. Um, but most of the other ones are just like slightly different shades of blue or things we've already seen. I mean, indigo and magenta, that's like close to purple. Cyan is basically blue. And we've seen different shades before. Like Ahsoka's second lightsaber is like a greenish yellow. So I don't know. I, I think that probably there are a lot of possible uh, colors <laughs> available for Jedi to use. It's just that they're incredibly rare. I mean, we've only seen purple show up in a story, I want to say twice, with Mace Windu and then uh, a Rodian Jedi and Heir to the Jedi. So it, it's not often that we see purple, but it exists. Cyan is probably just even more rare. Noah Badoa wants to know what my favorite aspect of the game was and what intrigued me the most. Probably Dathomir. Uh, it was challenging, so that was fun. I really got into Marin's story more than I thought that I would. Uh, in my head, I thought that this was just like a little side quest thing to get the double-bladed lightsaber. I didn't think it was going to be so integral to the story. Uh, like when we got to play it, a month or two ago for just three hours, they were like, you can go to Dathomir if you want, but we recommend doing Zepho. And in my head, that just set me up for like, oh, Dathomir's like a side quest, not important to the story. And then when it became important to the story, I was like, oh, great. Like, I, I thought that this was just going to be something extra to do, but it's integral to what's going on. And I really liked Marin. So yeah, and, and just getting to see... Night Brothers and Night Sisters and like the Night Sister zombies and Dathomir in general, but all in this live action interpretation. Uh, when in the past we've only seen it in comics or animation, it's it's just really cool and refreshing to see all that stuff. Travis Black asks if Cal actually encountered Jaro Tapal's Force Ghost or was he just dealing with Survivor's Guild? So his interaction with Tapal on Dathomir. That, to me, was not a Force Ghost thing. That was basically like the Dark Side Cave on Dagobah. Cal went into this thing. He had a vision. It showed him his greatest fear. His greatest fears are that he let his master die, that his master's death was his fault, and also that he's not worthy of being a Jedi. So, no, that was just, in my opinion, a Force vision uh, trying to beat Cal down and showing him what he was afraid of. Uh, and nothing more. Jara DePaul wasn't a Force ghost. I don't think anyone was a Force ghost until uh, Qui-Gon figured it out, and then even he didn't have the full training, and it seems like in stories he is still learning to be like a visible Force ghost. Uh, but 
he was the first, and then Obi-Wan and Yoda and Luke and Anakin. Glitzbog wants to know if the Zepho species are truly extinct, or are they still out there somewhere? So, in another vision, on Bogano, we get to see a Zepho win the flesh. Again, it's more of a vision, but uh, that Zepho talks about how their civilization failed, and those of them that were left went off into the unknown, I think, basically the unknown regions, to start fresh. So I think that there probably are more Zepho out there. I think that could be an interesting thing for a potential sequel to explore. Heath Rezebeck and Chris Chatham ask why the mural of the Zepho sages mirror depictions of the Mortis gods. So yeah, we know that there are three Zepho sages. That's like we're exploring three temples throughout the game. And there is this mural on Bogano that shows three of them standing in similar positions as the Mortis gods, as seen in Star Wars Rebels. Does that have any significance? Yeah, I think it probably does. Uh, the same way real-world religions have kind of like split off from one origin point, like the Abrahamic religions, you got Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, but they all have this one origin point. I bet there are different force religions that split off from one main point, and maybe that origin point is the Mortis gods. Uh, so it would make sense that we'd see these various representations in slightly different ways throughout different force cultures. Uh, I, I think that that's probably on purpose. I don't know that for sure, but I like the idea. Sith Empire and Thomas Moon want to know how I feel about all the main characters surviving the game, especially like Cal and Seer, because Luke is supposed to be the last Jedi in Return of the Jedi, but we keep learning about more and more Jedi who have survived. Was Yoda just like twisting the truth or what's going on here? First of all, yeah, I I'm, I'm happy that everyone survived the game. Uh, I was surprised when Seer was just like casually thrown off a cliff. And on the one hand, I was like, I mean, that's a heavy death that just happened so casually. It really hit me hard. But then when she came back to fight Vader and also, you know, her character arc wasn't quite done. She needed to touch the force again. So like, I liked all that. Yeah, I'm fine with them all surviving. I, I totally agree that like, I think Luke's title as the last Jedi in Return of the Jedi is important. Um, so what does that mean for the future of Seer and Cal? Well, Seer, I wouldn't count as a Jedi. She's cut herself off from the force for the most part, doesn't trust herself. Uh, Cal, I don't know. The, the things are up in the air for him. He could go off into the unknown regions and try to find the Zepho. Uh, he could make some heroic last stand in the next 14 years or so. Uh, there's plenty that can happen in that time. I do think it's important that we know what is going on because it does get to be a lot where it's like, well, Ahsoka's still alive, but uh, she's not really a Jedi. And Ezra's still out there, but he's lost. And like, I don't know, it, it starts to get a little more like, okay, is Luke really the last Jedi? Is he the last hope, him and Leia? Uh, or are there a lot of other options? So I, I think that there's going to be a reason, uh, and hopefully we get a sequel that tells us what that reason is. I will be sad if Cal dies. I'll say that. I hope that it's more of an Ezra-type reason uh, that he's off doing his own thing. Nobody and Mr. J.D. Rice ask if Fallen Order will get any DLC, and what I'd like to see if it does. I 
haven't heard of any plans for it. I doubt we're going to get any more story content. I would just like to see a little bit of extra stuff for the game. Um, I, I wouldn't mind a new game plus. I think it would be cool if there were a combat gauntlet of some kind. I want to just go back and kind of fight some of those bosses. Now that I have more practiced with the combat, I would like to take on the Ninth Sister again. Uh, I would like to fight Ogdo Bogdo and just prove my worth and just practice up. So a little post-game content would be nice. I don't think they're going to give us like, ooh, a little extra story about uh, Seer after the game. I think they'll probably save that for the sequel. And speaking of sequels, Andrew Kylo Ren, Ari Pavir, Adrian, Catlover, and Clayton E2 all want to know what I'd like to see from Fallen Order 2. Uh, first of all, just from what I've heard, sales have been good for this game, which is great. I know that a lot of people have been like, oh, single-player gaming is dead, or at least studios have been acting that way. And I'm so glad that people are turning out to buy this game just because third-person action-adventure games are my favorite type of games to play. I would be heartbroken if they died and I, I never got something like this or Uncharted or The Last of Us again. Still really excited for Last of Us 2 next year. Uh, but for Fallen Order 2, honestly, I don't care. <laughs> they can do whatever they want and I'll be excited to play it. If they want to continue Cal and Seer's story, I am on board. I especially Marin, like I want to see more from all those characters and Marin joined the crew like at the last second. So I would really like to uh, get more story for her. Uh, but the title Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order to me means they could do whatever they wanted. If they wanted to just say like, no, we told all of the story about Cal that we wanted to and we'll just leave um, your imagination to decide what happens to him next. Or maybe books or comics will talk about that. But if they wanted to just go, we're going to go over to the Clone Wars and we'll do Star Wars Jedi colon the Clone Wars. And we get to like actually live out a Jedi story during the Clone Wars. I think that would be awesome. Uh, if down the line we get announcements about an Old Republic movie and they were like, hey, now we want to go explore this area. Star Wars Jedi colon, The Old Republic. I think they'd have to think up a different name for that since it's kind of been used already. But I think that there's a lot of flexibility with this. They could do Star Wars Jedi colon, Luke Skywalker. And we could go to various planets after Return of the Jedi. And okay, I like this idea a lot go to various planets, explore different cultures and ruins. Maybe the Zepho is one of them, but like we know that Luke went off and explored the Force and different Force cultures after Return of the Jedi. We could play that out. We could see him go exploring and planet hopping and see what he collected. I think that would be really awesome, and it would be very much in line with what we have already done, where you get to explore temples uh, and... I mean, he should already be loaded up with those Force powers, so then we would get to introduce some new mechanics through the Force. Whatever. Like, that's the thing. Anything that you pitch to me, I'm like, like that sounds good. That sounds like fun. Uh, this engine, this style of gameplay, third-person action, all that, I just love it. So whatever they want to do, I'm on board. 
And that's all the time I have for questions today. Thank you to my patrons for leaving questions. Thank you to all of my subscribers who left questions on YouTube. I'm sorry I couldn't get to all of them, but I tried to pick questions that a lot of people asked or just questions that I found to be really interesting. But if you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and consider checking out our Patreon page. As always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.